God is with you. Let us pray. God of unveiled truth, faithful flame in times of darkened sun and waning moon, lift up our unknowing hearts and waking our sleeping love to announce the coming dawn of unexpected peace. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was an undergrad, I played in a band that toured all around the southeastern United States. We played theaters, bars, and festivals, but we paid the bills by playing fraternities and sororities. Our band of five undergrads would get paid between two and $5,000 a night to play music in the late 90s. To me, that seemed ridiculous. It was a lot of fun for the most part. Sometimes we would be in the middle of fights or have beer spilled on our gear or have to deal with people who drank way too much. We'd play really long sets, like four to five hour sets. And by the time we were done, we were beat. One night in the fall of my sophomore year, we played an off-campus sorority party at Old Miss, which is in Oxford, Mississippi. Oxford is about a four-hour drive from Nashville, so we figured we could play that and get back in time for our classes, which in my case was a 9 a.m. philosophy course on Plato. I drove down to Oxford alone. I had an old gray Volvo 240 station wagon that had over 200,000 miles on it. On that drive down just outside of Memphis, I heard Willie Nelson sing Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain for the first time in my life. I'll never forget it. Anyway, we played this show for a bunch of drunk sorority girls. It was a fun night. We had a horn section with us. Um, I guess the sorority girls must have asked for horns. So we had this trumpet player, an alto saxophonist, and a trombone. It was a fun show. We played until about two in the morning. And it turned out that some of the guys were going to spend the night there in Mississippi. But the trumpet player had class two, like me. So he hopped in my car and we hit the road for Nashville. For the first few hours, we stayed up talking about existentialism, capitalism, and all the crazy stuff that undergrads like to talk about in the wee hours. Then about two hours into the drive, the trumpet player fell asleep. After the adrenaline of the show, I thought I would be fine, but with someone sleeping next to me and nothing but the road and the occasional truck, I started to nod off. At first, I'd do the thing where you like shake your head to try to stay awake. And when that didn't work, I'd like slap my face. Still no luck. In desperation, I rolled down the window and stuck my head out. And while that woke up the trumpet player, it didn't last long for me. In about five minutes, I was back to shaking my head. And at one point, I actually 
closed my eyes. Not for very long, probably just a second or two, but it was enough to scare the pants off of me. I pulled over at the next exit to rest and get some food, which is just what I needed to get us back to Nashville safely. That night, I learned a lifelong lesson. Staying awake is not easy. Today, Jesus gives us one of his hardest instructions. Keep awake. You do not know when the master of the house will come. Keep awake. After a hard year, the last thing we want to hear as we head into Advent and Christmas is more bad news. Believe it or not, that is exactly how Mark's audience felt. Mark's audience was still reeling from the shock of Jesus' death and resurrection. This was years before the Christian community articulated the fundamental notions about who Jesus was and what exactly happened when Jesus died, came back, and ascended. People had no idea what to think. But they knew how they felt. Shocked. Traumatized. Jesus was gone. The community was persecuted. Most scholars believe that the Gospel of Mark was written during or just after the war between the Romans and the Judeans that happened between the years 65 and 75 of the Common Era. It was a bloody conflict in which the Judeans were decimated. Jerusalem was sieged and the temple destroyed. We've talked about that in Matthew. Matthew's readers were living in the aftermath of all that. But Mark's audience lived through it. They saw the horrors of war. Uncertainty clouded their vision and dominated their daily lives. Mark's readers were exhausted. Stop me if that sounds familiar. Mark's readers had lost their holidays. Again, we can get it, right? So it's rough when Jesus says, after that suffering, wait, this gets worse? Rather, remember the first week of the pandemic back in March? I would have never imagined that we'd be away from church for the first Sunday of Advent. But here we are. Anywho, to Mark's audience, to people shaking their heads with exhaustion, Jesus says, keep awake, watch the fig tree, notice the season, and get ready for the whole planet, the whole universe to change. Mm, Rough news, Jesus. Unless, unless it's actually good news. In late May, white America started waking up to the reality that our black sisters and brothers face the prospect of murder every moment of their lives. As protests erupted across the country, the Black Lives Matter movement inspired a flurry of messages denouncing systemic racism by businesses ranging from multinational corporations to local gyms. It was inspiring to see so many people speaking out. And for a moment, it seemed that our culture was awakening from ignorance. 
in the last few months, discussion of racial injustice in the United States has diminished to a whisper. People say, what is there to talk about? What is there to say? We could say that 31-year-old father of two, Jonathan Price, was killed on October 3rd in Texas while breaking up an incident of domestic violence at a gas station. We could say that Walter Wallace was murdered by police on October 26th in Philadelphia. White America has dozed off, asleep at the wheel, but plenty of people are still woke. It is to those people who need change that Jesus' words of a changed earth, a transformed universe, are good news. It's no coincidence that the term woke arose as a term to describe being alert to injustice in society, especially racism. Whether current usage comes from Marcus Garvey or Erica Badu, seeing the grand vision of systemic injustice feels like awakening. It is like seeing something that has always been true, always present. Once you have seen injustice and imagined justice, there's no going back. This is not like waking up from a bad dream when you toss and turn wishing you could just go back to sleep. This kind of awakening that Jesus talks about, true awakening, is like falling in love. No one who feels the awakening of love wants to unfeel it. Love changes what we know and what we see. True awakening is based in love. True awakening feels like clarity. Back in April, during the global pandemic lockdown, citizens of Jalandhar province in Punjab, India, saw something many had never seen in that area before. The mountains. Because of the reduction of industry, smog was so significantly reduced that people who had lived in that area their whole lives saw the Himalaya or the Himalaya on the horizon. They saw the great mountains there right before them for the first time ever. It was an awakening, a revelation of the beauty that surrounds them and us always. It inspired a vision for change, a desire to see that change always. Here in this Advent season, that is what Jesus calls for, a vision for change, a falling in love. Can we see it? Can we wake up to the change on the horizon? Can we keep awake to love? Can we stay woke? Amen.
the mustard seed this week is to wake up to the season of Advent. The mustard seed is to get four candles. They don't have to be the traditional purple and pink or blue and pink candles, but four candles of some sort or even something electric, four things that light up. And once a day, gather those candles together. You can sing our song, Wait for the Lord, if you remember that one. Wait for the Lord, whose day is near. Or just light that candle and reflect on this season. Reflect on the love here and now and the love to come. Have a great week. With With trust trust and hope, we turn our hearts to God in prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For the good earth, and for the wisdom to live into our interdependence with all of God's creation. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for the prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. God, the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For deliverance from all violence, oppression, and degradation. For the good work of this community, may our roles be uplifted by one another as we do healing work in Isla Vista and beyond. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. We pray for all who are suffering with the recent spike of the coronavirus. We pray for all who are traveling for Thanksgiving and students trying to find their way through the end of this term. We pray for hope and change in the talents of God to be shared. For all of these we pray. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. All that we have asked faithfully, grant that we may obtain effectually to your honor and glory. Amen. And now we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying,
go in peace to love and serve the Lord.